From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to Auburn Undercover Live and the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Thanks for joining me. We're recording this on a Wednesday, and we're live on a Wednesday here on Facebook. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brandon Marcello. Today, we're going to talk baseball facilities and facilities in general at Auburn. It seems like everything's kind of stagnant. Today, our Jason Caldwell had a story on uh, the baseball facility that Auburn has planned has been improved, approved. Uh, a 10,000 square foot facility for player development. It's on hold all of a sudden once again. Um, what's going on there? We'll talk to Jason Caldwell here momentarily. And then later we'll talk to Keith Niebuhr, Auburn recruiting analyst, about what's going on this week. The opening finals is this week in, uh, in Texas. Auburn has a recruit, you know, about a dozen recruits there, one of which might be committing to Auburn here in the next week or so. So a lot to discuss here on a June afternoon uh, in Auburn and uh, really across the recruiting landscape. But this baseball thing is something I really wanted to hit upon uh, because, boy, does it seem like – how do I say this? Um, I don't get it. <laughs> um, it. It just seems like that no matter what happens, um, there's always some type of – hang up with facilities here at Auburn, the smallest of things, the biggest of things. And I want to get into that uh, with our Jason Caldwell, who wrote the story today on uh, the future of that project um, at Auburn. I mean, Butch Thompson's coming off college world series appearance at Auburn. And now we're talking about this project being on hold. It's, uh, it's quite remarkable to me, but Hey, uh, that's Auburn, it seems like, lately. Uh, the president's out, as as we all know. Um, you know, uh, Stephen Leith has been kicked out or has resigned, but he's been kicked out. Um, we all know that. And here we are. It's kind of in limbo. I think Auburn Athletics, in a lot of ways, is in limbo in trying to figure things out from a financial standpoint, but also where everybody stands, um, which is kind of crazy to me. But... That's where everything is right now. So we're going to discuss baseball, the baseball facilities, facilities in general um, with Jason Caldwell here in a moment um, on the show, because there's been quite a bit of discussion of what's going to happen in the future, not just with baseball, but, you know, obviously the football only complexes, which has been long been discussed, but th this, this news uh, about the baseball facility uh, kind of being slowed down and slowed to a crawl, it almost seems like all of a sudden. Uh, I just want to get more information on it. stuff that I don't quite understand. I don't cover baseball. Jason's all on it. He knows what's going on. So let's go ahead and bring in Jason Caldwell here with Auburn 24-7 inside the Auburn Tigers and Auburn Undercover. Um, Jason, you had the story today uh, about the baseball facility at Auburn and how and this thing was approved a year ago, April 2018, but now it's kind of on hold. 
I guess give us the background as to why this four million four million dollar facility, which a lot of the money, if not all the money, has been raised, is is on hold and why. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. And sorry for a little background noise. I'm out uh, out taking a walk, trying to kind of get ready for uh, for the season upcoming to get in <laughs> to get ready for the heat. But um, yeah, you look at it and it's really interesting because you're right. Uh, originally, this thing was a four million dollar project. Um, all $4 million has been raised up basically most of it by the baseball program themselves, donors, those kind of things, which is kind of a lot of, a lot of times that's how this thing's done, but the cost of, uh, construction, those things in the last year, because of the way that construction has boomed, not only in Auburn, but really everywhere, it's caused the price of construction to go up. Well, there's, that means that the cost of the project has gone up some, um, not a great deal. It's not like it doubled or anything. I think it's just probably around a million dollars or so different. But now they have to raise that additional money. And and until they do, I think the project right now looks like it's on hold. It was scheduled to start the end of May right after the season. And here we are almost in July and it hasn't you know, it hasn't started yet. Uh, really the only thing they've done was back during the season took some soil samples, uh, which at that time we thought that's a really good sign. That means this thing's moving and then uh, Nothing's happened since then. So um, the next step is uh, to find the money uh, to get, I guess, the, the full cost of it done before they start. Um, and unlike a lot of places, you know, I mentioned in my story today, Arkansas being one of them. Now, Arkansas has the benefit of having a lot of big money, Walmart and Tyson Chicken, all those things, Brandon, you're very familiar with. You know, they're doing a $27 million player development center on their baseball facility um and that's after and that's after they already built an indoor practice facility for baseball just a few years ago and they're improving things even more there it's incredible yeah correct this is this is another 40 square foot facility in addition to an indoor practice facility already and one of the top i would say just just easily top five stadiums in the country uh, and then you'd say probably top three and all three of those will be in the SEC West with Mississippi State, LSU, and Arkansas but um, but you look at Arkansas, even with all that all the, the, the money that they get um, from donors those kind of things uh, only 60% of that was paid for up front they bonded the rest out and that's something that you know you, you, you question wonder why Auburn can't hey, just bond out the rest of this and, and pay for it. Um, it's the way that most athletic departments work. Um, and it would seem to be, to me, a pretty easy fix to bond the rest of this thing out. Most of it's already paid for bond the rest out and, and pay it back off and, and get this thing underway and get it going. Because, uh, you know, I mentioned those facilities, you look around the SEC West and Randy, you're very familiar with the SEC West, um, in baseball, the, the, the best league, the best division in the country, bar none. Absolutely. Auburn is a clear. Auburn is a clear seventh, and you know this yeah. facility won't push. It won't push Auburn past Ole Miss into six, but at least it gets you moving in the right direction. But right now, Auburn is a clear seventh. You know, in the SEC West, and um, yeah. you got to you got to start doing something. And there, and they work in such a limited space there, just geographically. Obviously, where the where Plainsman Parks. Uh, at so it isn't like you can just expand on it but they there's ways to improve it and this player development facility was definitely a step in the right direction so quote unquote something that's so small in the grand scheme of things 
it's just strange to see this be placed on hold. As you know, construction costs go up, but you almost have to prepare for that. Um, a lot of projects prepare for that uh, going in. And as you said, they've raised a lot of this money. It isn't like they've got to raise another $5 million. At most, it's like a million dollars, as you said. Um, and, you, and as you mentioned, a lot of people, and myself included and others, just wonder why not bond some of this stuff out? Everybody's doing that in the SEC because they make a lot of money. And I'll ask you this, Jason, and you might not be able to answer this. You might not know, but it's something I just it, I, it, I, it brings to mind. It makes me think about. It makes me wonder if Auburn maybe spent a little bit too much money in the previous regimen with Jay Jacobs. And if there's some type of disconnect there where we're not being told everything necessarily, and maybe there's a lot of concern about money not spending money right now because of what was going on in the latter years of Jay Jacobs. Is there anything like that? Or is, am I, am I embellishing there? Cause uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just generally wondering. I, I, I don't know. I think that's a question that's a fair question to ask because I've had the same question myself going, if there's not an issue, then where, where is that money and where, you know, what is it being used for? What, and here's the, the flip side of that too is, and I think it's, it maybe falls a little bit back on, on the board of trustees at times too, going, look, sometimes you don't have to spend all your own money. And, you know, they, there haven't been a ton of, you know, it has, it has like they have, they haven't upgraded Jordan Harris, you know, stadium, in a big way, they did build a basketball arena, and, and which was a great move, and it's already paid off. Um, and that could be that could be part of this chunk that's had an impact, you know, over the course of, of a few seasons, a few years. But I, you know, you're looking um, even with that. Um, if you've raised say 80 percent of this, then it 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 would seem to be a pretty simple fix to to bond out the rest. I, I looked at Arkansas. I start a story today, and they're talking about the baseball facility. I think $31 million. Now, the facility is only 27 itself, but obviously you pay back some interest, those things. That's now, I think, $219 million that Arkansas has bonded out. So that shows you right there that they're not afraid to do that because they know it's a necessity in this day and age to keep up facilities. And to do that, obviously you're going to have to borrow some money along the way. Arkansas's done it, and you look, and for a place that people may not be familiar with, Brandon, you are, that place, um, until you go there and you see the facilities, you have no idea what it's like to be there. And Mississippi State's been the same way. Ole Miss, those places have done an incredible job of putting themselves on the map. And it really started with facilities, and and it's it's continued to grow for them, and uh, Auburn has to catch up. Yeah, you're right. I mean, these programs that were you would say are at the bottom of the SEC West or in their divisions, wherever they are in the SEC, what they've done is they spent money knowing that it'll, one, help them catch up in the race, but two, uh, bring in some better players and, you know, work itself out. And I think you look at Mississippi State, for example, with its football uh, upgrades. They built a football-only complex pretty much on the cheap, and it's a really great facility. I've been inside of it, and they did it quickly. They upgraded the stadium there. I mean, listen, uh, Davis Wade Stadium was a dump, but that place is uh, pretty beautiful now. Um, the concourses have been up- updated. They've totally erected a whole new end zone. 
There's loge seating. There's sideline seating like you see at NFL stadiums nowadays, especially the Dallas Cowboys. And that all coincided with the program winning a little bit more, and it pushed them over the top. Um, the bad thing for them, though, is that Dan Mullen left. But then you look at Arkansas and its baseball program. They've been in the College World Series back-to-back years now. They continue to invest money into that program. And obviously, I want to talk about Auburn here, but a little background on that Arkansas stuff. Jeff Long, the previous AD there, was so hesitant to put money into the baseball program that was frustrating Dave Van Horn, their head coach, and it took some time to convince him. And then obviously now that he's gone, things are continuing to be upgraded there. If you, I mean, it's a lot like business. Yes, spend money to make money. In athletics, you've got to spend money on facilities to get the type of players you want and also attract the type of head coaches you want. Uh, for your programs and also listen reward the elite coaches you have butch thompson's an elite coach jason i i, I would say yeah, that yeah. he deserves Absolutely. he deserves better than this and so do his players yeah, and you know they yeah and they and they they rewarded him last year with an extension so you've taken that part of it and handled that but now it's time to you know it, it, always talk about student athletes um carbon has two batting cages no heating no air this is the SEC. Um, can you imagine what it's like? And, and they've done a great job of recruiting. You know, it, it hasn't it hasn't hurt them, but it's going to uh, sooner or later when you have to deal with you know the other teams in this league and all those things that what everybody else has. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you, or it's going to keep you from being what you can be. Which right now, in this program that is going to a regional, super regional, now College World Series and uh, you look at this program and say, in 2020, it has potential. That's a team that has the potential to maybe win a national championship. And you think about what the possibilities could be if uh, you know you put some of these things into this program to help it continue to grow. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and obviously we're in a a, a different era, so to speak, right now because Stephen Leith's out as president. I'm sure there's a lot of hesitation, a lot of people to kind of not want to move out of their lane and everything. And, you know, listen, being the president of a university has, there's a lot more job responsibilities and budgeting and stuff like that outside of athletics, but athletics is a very important facet of that. And it's definitely going to be interesting to watch here, Jason, what happens with athletics now that Jay Gouge is going to come in starting July 8th as the interim president and then who they go after as the full-time president. Do you think that a lot of these projects just might be, be, be put on hold until they put a president in full-time? Or does anyone really know how this is all going to work out? Because I think a lot of people are tiptoeing around waiting to see what's going to happen, in, including Alan Green, the athletics director. Yeah, I, I think – I don't know that anybody can answer it. I think if anybody could, uh, it'd have to be Alan Green. I think he would have to be the one that that would answer, hey, is this a wait and see as to what's going to happen moving forward? Or is it just simply a matter of, hey, funding, and once we get the funding, we're full bore ahead? I I think that's the the, uh, the million-dollar question uh, right now, and it's a really big one because, like you said, um, the only thing that you're losing is time, and time's the most valuable thing you have um, – anywhere in life but in college athletics well we know how quickly time can slip away from you and we've seen it uh 
like I said, you're looking. You know, I started this job in 1999, and covering Auburn baseball. Since that time, um, I believe every program in this league has done at least something substantial to its baseball facility. Auburn has upgraded its locker room um, and added, you know, some training areas, those kind of things. Really, the only substantial thing they've done in 20 years. Uh, meanwhile, Florida's getting ready to build a new stadium. Mississippi State has rebuilt Duty Noble. LSU has rebuilt Alec Box. Kentucky has a brand new park. Um, and in the 20 years, you've now seen Bandy turn into a baseball powerhouse. We've seen teams like Kentucky um, and and others uh, become much, much better than they ever would have imagined 20 years ago. Um, this is an important time. You've, you've, you've made a run. You've shown that Auburn can absolutely compete and win at the highest of levels, and now you got to back that up. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch here as Auburn tries to move forward with uh, building a new baseball facility but also a lot of other things going on. Basketball is undergoing a renovation uh, at the arena right now with its locker room, so that's already underway, so that's good. But uh, baseball will be interesting to watch. Uh, just coming off a of College World Series, and now things are on hold with their facilities uh, and what they're trying to get done. Jason, thanks uh, for joining us here on the, on the podcast. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We're going to talk recruiting now with Keith Niebuhr. I'm going to uh, bring him on the air here. Um, he's on the golf course. Keith, Keith's a big golfer and uh, is very good at it, by the way. He's not like, oh, he just golfs for fun. I mean, this guy, you bet him some money on the golf course, you're going to lose. He's beating some good people. Keith Niebuhr, there he yeah. is. 24 yeah, seven sports. Are you, are have you hit the ball yet? Yeah, I did hit the ball, man. I had this timed out perfectly. So I tee off right when we were done, but sorry, but you guys, it's all right. Man. Well, here's what happened. It's um, quite all I, right. quite all I started right. late, a little behind the scenes and I was talking to a source about something un- completely unrelated to all this. And then I, I was scheduled to have Jason on first. I had to bring on Jason to talk about baseball facilities. And then uh, I was trying to rush through that. And then the camera went out on Auburn undercover live. And then I had to fix that. So here we are. You're on the golf course enjoying yourself. Where are you at golfing? Tell, tell me so people yeah, can play, come no, out no, and no. tackle you. Well, I, I, I'm playing Augusta National today. I guess I should have said. No, I'm kidding. Uh, awesome. I'm at the, I play the Chastain Park course uh, in Atlanta where I live. It's just a few miles away, and it's uh, you know, 1350. 1350 with the cart. 
you know, which isn't bad. You know, that's not a bad fee. That's not bad at all, man. All right. Yeah, you're so not, you're you don't get... feel like you're throwing away money, you know, not too much anymore. Yeah, I'd, I'd be throwing away money just by being there. Um, I could drive you around. That's all I could really do. Um, worth a darn. But anyway, uh, so Keith. Yeah. Um, the opening starts what, June 30th here? Yeah, yeah. It's going to check in day Sunday. Well, actually, the Elite 11 portion actually starts Friday. I will not be out there for that. Yeah. And the Elite 11 portion is just quarterbacks. And some receivers, mainly the quarterbacks, is where the focus is. And Haynes King, who's a big target of Auburn from Texas, he's going to be at this event out in Texas. But looks like it's going to be A&M or uh, Texas A&M or Tennessee for him. But Auburn's, Auburn's in his top three, and he's going to have a decision pretty soon. So that'll be a quarterback we'll be watching. So tell me, um, there's about a dozen or so Auburn targets or commitments mm-hmm. uh, that are going to be there. Uh, and I might be mispronouncing his name. Xavion Capers, how you say his name? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Xavion Capers, four-star wow, first receiver. Try. Yeah, yeah. He's announcing at the opening, you feel pretty good about Auburn's uh, shot there. Auburn's got five commitments in the month of June. I guess that might happen in July during the opening. Yeah. But uh, what can you tell us about Capers and <laughs> his plans and what kind of player he is? Yeah, he's going to announce July 1st. And, uh, yeah, it's a really good player. Tall receiver. And we know what Auburn – has done with tall receivers historically. They love them. Uh, when I think of tall receivers in the SEC, the schools that really come to mind first and foremost are Auburn and LSU. Now they all have them, but those are the guys that, that come to mind. And then Tennessee in the old days, obviously. Uh, but, you know, he's a top 150 national recruit, was committed to Arkansas. You know, I read a story on another site that said, you know, keep an eye on Florida, you know, something like that. But he hasn't visited there in like nine months. Uh, June 1st, he was at Auburn. June 6th, he was back at Auburn, and I should say June 1st was for Big Cat Weekend. June 6th, he was back at Auburn for uh, to camp. June 7th, he decommitted from Arkansas, and then June 14th, he was back at, Arkansas, uh, at Auburn for his official visit. So, I mean, you know, we say follow the visits a lot. It doesn't always mean everything, but, I mean, look at this timeline. Three visits to Auburn in a month, decommits from Arkansas. I mean, it looks really good for Auburn right now, but again, big, tall receiver. Auburn loves him. I mean, they absolutely love this guy. He got a lot of one-on-one coaching from Gus Malzahn and Cody Burns at camp. And, uh, you know, at camp what we do, Brandon, is we follow – and, you know, you've been out there. We follow Gus around. Who is he giving most attention to? Those are the guys he wants. And this was the guy he was giving the most attention to. So what kind of receiver – I mean, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's good after – good with the – good hands, good route runner, good after the catch. I mean, is he going to run a 4-4? No, but he's 6-3 and 195, and those guys don't run 4-4. So he's um, – I'm trying to think, you know, maybe a little bit faster version of Seth Williams. Maybe okay. his hands aren't as good, but he's a very confident young guy too. He believes in himself. He feels like he's the best receiver out there. And I, I think you want your receivers to have that kind of mentality. Oh, certainly. You definitely want that. Um, so among these other guys that are at the opening, who are you going to be keeping your eyes on? Well, you know, linebacker Wesley Steiner is a four-star Auburn target, and uh, that's a guy Auburn could very well get. It's Auburn and Stanford. And by the way, I'm going to be pushing the pedal on the guard, uh, on the golf cart here in a second. But uh, that's kid out of Warner, yeah, Warner Robins, uh, not Warner Robins High School, but Houston County. And the guy's really good. He's an undersized linebacker, like five ten and a half, five eleven, two ten. So undersized height wise, but not overall. Super fast at Auburn camp last week. He ran two sub four five forties. Bring, I mean, that's really fast. Okay, that's really fast for a linebacker. And what you're seeing Auburn do, you notice this. I think we talked about it before. They're getting a lot of these 
smaller, faster receiver, uh, faster linebackers. And it reminds me of the great Miami teams. And you can do that when you have really good defensive line. You have to have some, you have to have some confidence in your defensive line. Let's put it that way, that they're going to get after it, and your linebackers can sit back there and fly all over the field and make plays. Uh, so, I, you know, that's a guy they really like. And then their other linebacker, another linebacker they're worth watching, is Trenton Simpson. And he's already committed to Auburn, did it a couple weeks ago, four-star kid out of North Carolina. Now, he's legit top 50 national recruit. And Barton Simmons of 24-7 Sports says, watch out, this could be a guy that pushes for a fifth star. So, you know, when he committed, it didn't make waves. I mean, it was a big it was a big story, obviously, but it wasn't like when Owen Popo committed. Well, this guy's 6'2 and a half, 225. By the end of the day, he may end up being ranked higher than Owen was. I mean, he's a legit five-star candidate. So uh, those are two of the guys on defense. Uh, another guy, McKinley Jackson, defensive tackle from Loosedale, Mississippi, George County. He's going to be there. Kind of a mystery recruitment. I think Alabama's probably the team to be, but, you know, they lead for a lot of defensive linemen. I don't know if they're going to have room for all these guys. And he's a really good player, and that, that could benefit Auburn. So that's another guy to watch. Uh, Tank Bigsby. I think all eyes are going to be on Tank if you're an Auburn fan. This is a four-star running back out of Hogansville, Georgia. And, uh, you know, just in the last month, Auburn's made a huge move here. Now, we think because he doesn't say a lot, but that's the feeling Auburn gets. That's people what people around Tank think. Uh, you know, one of his former teammates is Keandre Jones, who signed with Auburn last year. Another one is Tate Johnson, the offensive guard who's committed this year. So this is a guy that's got connections to the program from teammates. So that's a good thing. Uh, he's been to Auburn four times this month. Again, that means a lot. Now, at one point, it looked like South Carolina was running away with this thing. It looks like Auburn probably has moved ahead now. Probably. Yeah, probably is a strong word. I'll say there's a boy. I, my gut says Auburn's moved ahead. And then always keep an eye on Georgia here because they're going to need two backs in this class after only taking one last year. So it looks like a three team race. But I think Auburn's probably in the best shape right now. But this kid's pretty unpredictable. But uh, he's a dynamic player. We know for a fact, Brandon. And I know you know this, too, that this is a guy Gus Malzahn really wants. And Gus is locked in on him. And uh, so we're going to be keeping an eye on him. And he's a guy that can do a lot of things out of the backfield. He can catch the pass, catch passes, run, you know, not just run the ball. He can do other things. And so the opening is kind of a seven-on-seven seven event. So we're going to get to see what he does catching the ball out of the backfield. And that's an important part of, uh, of the Auburn offense. And, and obviously, Kerryon Johnson did, did a lot of that and was very good at that. So you uh, predicted correctly, yeah, like four or five commitments in June. What's going to happen in July for Auburn? Yeah, I got to keep it down. People are hitting behind me here. I love this. Sorry about this, Brendan. Uh, July, I think maybe just one. It may just be capers now. And the main reason is the dead period starting. It's already started. It started this week. So you can't have any visitors on campus and you can't go see any visitors. But the last week of July, if there's something's going to happen, it would be then probably. And that is when Auburn's going to host a picnic or recruit picnic the last week. And they're going to have a lot of kids in. Uh, mainly, though, it's going to be a lot of younger kids so they can kind of get the leg up moving forward on those guys. Um, but maybe keep an eye on uh, maybe keep an eye on a guy like Desden Tisdall, four-star linebacker out of Georgia, or the, the linebacker I just mentioned, Wesley Steiner, the four-star out of Georgia. Because Auburn's only got one more spot at linebacker, inside backer. And so they're only going to take one of these two guys probably. And so they both like Auburn a lot. Tisdall has Auburn in the lead. Steiner with Steiner, it's Auburn and Stanford. So they know only one of them can get that spot. That puts Auburn in a really good place, which already has two linebacker commits. So, you know, if Auburn pushes them, these guys, it really could accelerate their decision-making process. Look, I mean, how bad do you want to be at Auburn? Uh, if you want to be at Auburn, you might want to make a move now or you're not going to have a spot. So to me, those are the guys to watch. I, I think August, there's going to be a little bit more activity. You've got... Um, 
you know, Brendan Coffey, the number two offensive tackle in the junior college is making a decision. You know, Brandon, that's not going to set, that's not going to blow too many skirts up, right? Juco guy. But what is Auburn going to need? Offensive tackles in 2020 and guys that can play right away. So this is a guy that's six feet seven and has grown 50, 60 pounds in the last year to become the number two offensive tackle in the country for the junior colleges. And then they already have Jonathan Buskey, which you broke. I believe you broke that story when he committed uh, a top five offensive tackle in the junior colleges as well. These two guys may have to start next year, but with coffee, the Buskey's already committed with coffee. Um, Oregon's probably the other team to watch. Auburn's lead is pretty good right now, but he's in Northern California and he's visiting Oregon uh, late July, the last week of July. Hopefully he hopes to have a decision in August. So, yeah, that's going to be tricky. I mean, that's that's a guy Auburn really needs to get those two guys, and all of a sudden you feel a lot better about the future of the offensive line. I'm excuse me. Yeah, if you have those two guys together, you already have Buskey on board. If you can add Coffee, it's a lot of names. And uh, as you were doing that and talking low behind people yeah. playing golf, I was fixing my camera. I'm having technical yeah. I'm, issues. I'm, I'm here. actually I'm actually having to let a threesome pass me now, which is going to cause some major log jams down the road. But I'm going to kill you, Brandon. This is <laughs> this could end up being a five. No, I'm kidding, but it could end up, it could go from a two and a half hour round to a five hour round really quick here on a golf. You know, golf courses are just you get behind some slow people and you're done. You are done. Well, Keith, you, no, you know you should never pass up a threesome. <laughs> well, that's what they say. Well, I mean, I I think uh, George Costanza didn't didn't want to pass him up either, and it turned out he. Uh, it wasn't quite the kind he was hoping for, if my memory's right. That's true. I'm not much of a Seinfeld fan, so I'll just assume oh, that was oh. funny. It was funny. <laughs> it was. Take my word for it. All right, Keith, I'll let you go. Thanks for the yeah, updates. Man. Enjoy the opening and enjoy the course today. Yeah, anytime. Thank you, Brandon. Take care, man. All right, oh, see Oh, hey, you, man. Congr- congratulations on your big award. Oh, thanks. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Keith. See you, man. See ya. This has been Auburn Undercover Live. I've been your host, Brandon Marcello. Thanks to Keith Niebuhr. And Jason Caldwell for coming on to talk about recruiting and baseball facility and facilities in general, respectively, here on the podcast. That's it. Go to auburn.247sports.com for more coverage, VIP coverage, become a subscriber, and get the scoop. I'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go Undercover with Auburn Undercover.